goes by the pseudonym Bo Snurdly. It's time for the soul of excellence. He is a radio host at 77 WABC here in New York. The Rush Hour is on the air. Rush, Rush. Now here's Bo Snurdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Welcome, my friends. It is the Friday edition of Bo Snurdly's Rush Hour here on WABC Talk Radio 77. If you would like to be part... Of the proceedings, 800-848-WABC is the number to reach us, 800-848-9222. We begin with this. It's time for Radio Royalty with James Golden and America's Princess of Policy, Princess Di. Not only is she the Princess of Policy, she is also the princess of punditry. The pop. The princess pop. When news pops, this is the place we turn. The princess is with us. Diana, yesterday was a day in the news that may have, and I hope I'm not exaggerating here, Yesterday might have decided the 2024 election. Possibly. Possibly. Three big news stories. And I did not understand a connection between them until you and I spoke offline earlier today. And I said, we we have to have you on today. (laughs) Okay, three things. We had, number one, an elderly man with a bad memory, that story, which has resonated because after the report came out, which basically says, oh, we're not going to press criminal charges. Guy's too old. He may fall apart. Joe Biden came out to defend his memory and made matters worse. Even his allies in the mainstream press call New York Times, political disaster, his press conference. Last night, we got to see Tucker Carlson's interview with Vladimir Putin, two hours and change. To say that the press is so hostile to what happened on that interview is an understatement. Hostility doesn't begin to describe the reaction in places like the Amazon Prime Washington Post, the New York Times, they covered it, sneering all the way. But I noticed a glaring absence of their own journalist having an interview with Vladimir Putin, especially one that ran that long. They sneer at the recounting of history that Vladimir Putin did, call it revisionist history, whatever, yet no one seems to take seriously the fact that this is a man who can rattle off history for a half an hour straight, whether it's revisionist or not, and I want to talk with you about that, and use no notes to do it. Nothing, just straight up. Here's here's the history the way I see it and can go on for half an hour, going back 800,000 years. Stunning to me. Then you had in the Colorado case reach the Supreme Court. 
Uh, Alan Dershowitz says that both sides, lawyers, missed the key points. But certainly if you look at any coverage of it all, the lawyers for Colorado got skunked in front of the court yesterday, Supreme Court, on this notion that they could toss out Donald Trump using the 14th Amendment. So, Your Highness, what to, <laughs> what, how should we be looking at these three stories, and what is the importance of them all dropping on the same day to you? Well, I have a little bit of a different take. I'm not sure that the three events you cited will move the needle politically necessarily. However, I think they are the collision of three separate liberal lies of lawfare that they did this to themselves. This is not going to, none of these things are going to help them politically and they may marginally hurt. I don't think with any Democrat, they're going to be actually affecting how they vote. Because if you saw the reaction to the uh, Biden press conference, which we all saw as a disaster and a lot of pundits saw as as a disaster, Biden supporters loved it. They loved seeing him coming out fighting. They did not care about the details that he got wrong, naming the president of Mexico instead of the president of Egypt. However, their reaction was good. He used the word hell. He was mad. He came out fighting. And so I do not think that that hurt him with his base at all. But those three events coming on one day that you cited, the Supreme Court uh, hearing the uh, Colorado Supreme Court uh, decision to take Trump off the ballot, and this was a 14th Amendment case, and then the Department of Justice, Robert Her report about classified documents and deciding not to try, uh, to charge Biden, basically because he's too far gone mentally, that he wouldn't be able to, he would be seen as a sympathetic figure to any jury. So Her did not even bring it to a grand jury. And then the Tucker Putin interview, those three things are all part of the Democrat agenda. First of all, the Russia, Russia, Russia uh, agenda to protect Hillary Clinton, uh, charging Trump uh, as a lie for colluding with Russia, was one of the reasons that there was no coverage given to Vladimir Putin ever as to how he saw anything. And so all we've gotten is a caricature. And for the American public to suddenly see Putin, how he comes across, how he explains himself. Now, I agree. You can't take anything he said as gospel. However, you get to assess the man. And you know what I concluded? I concluded that Trump's reaction to Putin from the jump, which hurt him politically, which was respectful and saying that I could, you know, it's better for us to work together than to be fighting was absolutely appropriate. After seeing Putin in action, Putin talking, Putin explaining his, his perspective, that is a world leader, that that is how you should uh, approach him as another world leader, with respect and understanding of his power and his past, and that he is a canny operator on the world stage. 
And so you've got the classified document law there. You've got the election tampering and the charge of insurrection. You've got Russia, Russia, all colliding on the same day, and all of it a comeuppance to the left for all their attacks. And as I had mentioned to you, I saw a a thread that went through all of them, which was a thread of history. In the Supreme Court, if you heard the arguments, the nine justices are so uh, efficient and scholarly and uh, effective in their understanding of history, not only American history, but the history of law. And they, all nine of them, were very tough on the the Colorado uh, lawyer who was not, he was out of his depth. But basically, to hear all of the understanding of American law on the 14th Amendment, going back to Civil War days and all of the precedents, this is a group of nine people who understood American history and what it meant and what its effect is still to this day. And also with the Tucker thing, you you saw the importance of Russian history to Russia. And this is something that the entire culture in Russia, and I can say that from my own family understanding, that this is part of education in Russia, understanding back to the ninth ninth century, the history of the different areas, the white Russians, the black Russians, the red Russians, which were basically locations on the compass. They were not racial. And then you have the Department of Justice. And the history in that case is that Biden has forgotten his own history. So that is the theme of yesterday, of history of America, history of world affairs, and and all that's left for Biden, forgetting his own history, is a pile of lies. And so that was the conclusion I came to out of that important day. Well, I want you to just elaborate just for a bit. You said your own family's history. And this is, to me, important, because what you said to me earlier today was that we ha- we don't understand necessarily how deeply the history of Russia is ingrained with the people of Russia, and this is the same for other countries too. This is when you when you study British history, as I must admit, I'm not a scholar of British history, but I study British history, and one thing is clear that at least up until uh, the last decade and a half, the British took very seriously the study of their own history in their own culture, going back to all of the kings, how how the Commonwealth became the Commonwealth, how the British Empire became the British Empire, how this tiny island nation dominated the world, and and the the the, the history of conflict within Europe. This was all ingrained and studied as, as you had to know this coming out of uh, British schools. In Russia, apparently the same thing. You had to understand the history of Russia. And to hear it was, it was, I admit it to you, I was shocked listening to Vladimir Putin reel off. And, and, and then I'm further shocked to see that the New York Times, or one of them, the, the the Amazon Prime Washington Post of the New York Times, one of them just said, oh, this is revisionist history without ever explaining why it's revisionist history, how this man could, for 30 minutes, reel off the history of Ukraine 
and obscure facts that I'm saying to myself as this is going on, what in the heck is he doing? But at the same time, just fascinated that he would take, go back to the beginning to explain his actions on the world stage now. So talk to me for a moment, please, about the importance of this history in these culture. Well, he kept saying, uh, mentioning the, the culture being uh, orthodox and religious history and how important that was for the connection in these large, di- diverse areas geographically of the culture being united and a Russian culture. And I know that from my own family, I still have the documents. When my great-grandfather came over from Kiev, and I found it on Ancestry, when he, in 1901, became a citizen, and he had to forswear all allegiance to where? The emperor of Russia. He was from Kiev, which is now Ukraine. But my ancestors spoke Russian. They all said they were Russian. That whole, My whole family has been known amongst ourselves. It's like, oh, yes, we have ancestors who came from Russia. And now all of that unique and, and uh, united history of the Russian culture That is something that matters to Vladimir Putin when he is uh, making decisions. That has to be understood by any other world leader in dealing with him as to what his beliefs and his perspective of his own culture is. Now, he may be incorrect in saying that Poland caused Hitler to invade. I think he is incorrect. However, for one world leader to not even be interested, as Biden apparently isn't, in talking to Putin in discussing and seeing basically what is motivating him. There can be no solutions unless you understand the other party's positions. And in America now, our elites, and and Putin talked about this, they are so dug in with having Russia be the bogeyman, and there are so many industries and money-making organizations which are dependent on the old Cold War view that there is no movement forward. And he basically said that they had made overtures many, many times. They wanted to be accepted, quote-unquote, by the West and were rejected at every turn. Now, that is not all of the story, of course. However, that is an important part of where we are today and the fact that the people in charge in America have no interest in peace in that area and have proved it by by their behavior. And that is something that we know is true, that Putin basically had the Minsk agreement ready to make peace with Ukraine. And Biden sent Boris Johnson in there and said no to Ukraine. Do not do this. Go to war. And that was something that, you know, caused 18 months of killing and maiming and war that was completely unnecessary. And basically, that's what Putin says. To have peace, all you have to do, America, is stop sending munitions and money for the for the war. And it'll it'll stop overnight. Wow. Princess Di, hold on for us, okay? We've got more to discuss. Coming up, listen to the 77 WABC News Road to the Election update with James Flippin. Covering the race in Long Island to fill the Santos seat in Congress. It's Mazzelli Phillip versus Tom Suzy. That's all coming up here on WABC. Right now, you're listening to the music of Chick Corea. The American jazz composer, keyboardist, band leader died on this day in 2021. 
Spain, 500 miles high. He played some of his compositions. He goes back all the way to Miles Davis, the birth of jazz fusion. Any jazz fan knows Chick Corea from Return to Forever. First group, Herbie Hancock, McCoy, Tyner, Keith, Jarrett, Bill Evans. I came in to Return to Forever when it was Stanley Clark, Al Demiola from Bergen County, New Jersey, Lenny White, and Chick Corea. They are jazz fusion. They are the ones that broke it open, along with Weather Report and some of the others. Chick Corea, an American giant, passed away on this day in 2021. He is remembered here on WABC Talk Radio 77. Let's check in with Road to the Election. Known popularly as Bo Snurdly. This is the Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly. Yesterday and today, our theater's been jammed with newspapermen and hundreds of dogs from all over the nation. And these veterans agree with me that the city never has witnessed the excitement stirred by these youngsters from Liverpool who call themselves the Beatles. Now, tonight, you're going to twice be entertained by them. Right now, and again in the second half of our show, ladies and gentlemen, the Beatles. I know where you were on February 9th. It was a Sunday night. And you were in front of your TV. Watching this with the rest of America. The Beatles on the Ed Sullivan Show. The British invasion had begun. This day in history, 1964. And of course, W.A. Beatles. The driving force in America where the Beatles became the phenomenon of music history. With us is Princess Di. As we move back into the world of politics and all the rest of it, let me just ask you about Tucker's role in all this. Tucker, of course, is taking a lot of crap from members of the press. I texted Tucker earlier, and he he hit me he hit me up right back. And I just, I mean, he is just he told me in the text, and I don't think he would mind me sharing it. I'm scrolling up to up uh, to find it right now, and because he's made a similar statement that it's probably going to take him a while to digest all that happened there. But he it was just, um, and and he's just. He's in. He says it's a fascinating time. It'll be months before he figures out what all this meant. But Tucker told me he thinks God is in control and he's not worried. What do you think? Oh, Diana? I love that. That is so wonderful. It's so true. Yeah. Um, what do you think about the criticism that Tucker is is taking? Well, it was. It started before that he was he even released the interview the fact that he was spotted over there at the bolshoi and you know 
walking the streets of Moscow, how dare he? That's when all of a sudden the entire left had their hissy fit. But who cares? They do not control the narrative anymore, which they are not used to. They think if they signal this is a bad guy talking to another bad guy and we shouldn't pay any attention, that they feel like in the old days that that would be enough. And it's not. And and what happened was that this information now has escaped their control. The American people will get to assess Vladimir Putin speaking for themselves and make up their own minds what they think. And if they're curious and, and how true was it and all of those things. And you remember when the invasion of Ukraine first started and I my reaction was, don't believe anything you say from any of the sides, not from Ukraine, not from Russia and not from America, because it was all propaganda. And there was way more to it than what we were told, which was is such a binary thing. Good guy, Ukraine, bad guy, Russia, end of story. And there was no nuance, no other information that anybody needed to know. And they knew that if the American people heard another side, another perspective, they would be much less eager to jump in with American money and American arms. And so that is why this has been, a, you know, a, a, a complete agenda for the left is to tamp down any kind of and they, they were afraid when Trump started saying things about he could work with Putin because they knew how dangerous this was for their control of the agenda and the money through Ukraine. And so this is a very, very complicated situation that is now suddenly getting sunlight. And we all know sunlight is the greatest disinfectant. Let me just say something else. I thought it interesting, regardless of what people think about the Bushies, and domestic policy. I thought it interesting that Vladimir Putin also took time to say and talk about George Bush and how he is perceived in the United States. But that's not true. That George, and, and I'm paraphrasing, of course, the, the way that he sees it, George Bush was quite capable and quite right. intelligent. He wasn't some dunce and some dummy that didn't understand world affairs or world issues. I also found it interesting that he actually called out Bill Clinton and other American presidents for saying things and then being reversed with what they told him because apparently uh, some of the other either agencies of government or, or, or levers of influence in that own presidency or administration were against what those presidents told them. So I, it was just, it's, it's, again, I'm still trying to piece this all together. I'm going to have to look at the interview more than once yeah. to actually, yeah. uh, to, to get a real handle on it. Yeah. I agree. There was a lot, once it was over, I basically said, wow, and had to think about a lot of it. There was a lot of meat there. And it was difficult to be patient because as Americans, we hear a question, we want the answer. And Tucker asked the question of why did you invade? And instead of giving an answer that Tucker expected, which was, I felt threatened by the expansion of NATO, that's when Putin gave 40 minutes. He said, let me have, let me have 30 seconds to give you some history. And it was 40 minutes, 30, 40 minutes of, of history. And you just didn't know where's this going? What's the point of this? Is he filibustering? And that's what Tucker said afterwards that he, he didn't understand it. But after 
after a while, he realized this is his sincere position, Putin's sincere position. He believes that this needs to be understood by the West and by the opponents where he's coming from, what his thinking is and what the thinking is of the Russian people. And I think that is, you know, without that, you're going to make very dumb decisions. And that's what we've been doing. Princess Di, thank you, my dear. We're going to check in with you tomorrow on our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. We'll continue the discussion. Thank you, James. Okay, your telephone calls are coming up. We've got some other news to discuss, too. Cool in the game. Take us in. Birthday today for Dennis Thomas. One of the singers with Cool in the Gang. Of course, Cool in the Gang right here from New Jersey. Coming back. Both Snurley's Rush Hour. Your call's coming up. Keep it right here on WABC. is on the air. Attention Ditto Heads. Attention Bo Scouts. Rush. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. History from other countries. 1987, the Brits had an award. The Brit Awards. <laughs> Imagine that. Peter Gabriel won for the British male solo artist. Kate Bush won British female solo artist. I went over to London to see a Kate Bush concert about I don't know, maybe seven, eight years ago. Incredible. And they both had performed together and I don't know whether this is where this award stemmed from. The album So Kate Bush and Peter Gabriel have a song on there, a duet, Don't Give Up. It is it's it's spellbinding. Anyway, this song is from the same album, So Peter Gabriel. Let's get to the telephones. This is, of course, in your eyes. Let's head to the telephones. And Joe in Rockland County, want to grab you up first. I see you have a disagreement. So let's hear it, Joe. How are you? Uh, I am okay. It's George, not Joe, okay? I'm sorry. I'm sorry, George. Okay, no problem. Okay, so I like to, uh, you know, uh, I generally uh, like very much a comment commentating that uh, Lady Di say, but when it comes to Russia, I'm amazed on her take, okay? Is the way she feels about Russia uh, reminds me um, about this country, that there were some people in this country that wanted uh, the British to be, to succeed. When she comes and she, she comes and say, well, you know, we shouldn't help Ukraine, and believe me, I don't care for Ukraine. It's a corrupt uh, country here, okay? But in the end, they are looking for their independence. And I would think an American would understand how independence is important. As far as uh, Vladimir Putin, his way of looking at it is he want to bring back the USSR. This is his way of looking on things. You know, everything he does is he doesn't want any kind of opposition here, and he want to crush basically a, a Ukraine. So, well, number he, one, let me just interrupt you here 
and respectfully so, and just say that Princess Di, unless I misheard or didn't hear, never said the words that you uttered, which is we shouldn't send aid to Ukraine. What she said is we should be suspicious of all of the information that we're getting from all sides, from Ukraine, from Russia, and from America. And I couldn't agree more with that, only because I know how corrupt our own news media is and the fact that right now you look at what's happening with this interview. And as I said, I'm not saying that Vladimir Putin is right, but what I'm saying is this is the first time that many of us, as long as this conflict has been going on, have actually heard from Vladimir Putin unedited. Now, you can disagree with him, and you can say he got this wrong, he got that wrong, as Princess Di said, his take on Poland causing Hitler to invade. She clear, Clearly, that is not the view that any of us here that look at events of World War II take. Um, I found it interesting, his Putin's view on, because we've heard about this part, on the denazification, and he went into detail and explained that. But I didn't hear Princess Diana advocate one way or another for aid to Ukraine. What she's saying is be suspicious of the information that you are getting. And she's also noting something that, and I'm going to give you the last word, so don't hang up, Joe. Um, uh, George, um, she's also noting something that is really important, the fact that there are other cultures in this world that are steeped in their view of their history. And I would ask you, George, name the last time that any American president on TV gave a half-hour impromptu discourse on the history of America, no notes, no talking points, just straight out, impromptu, off the top of his head. Whether you disagree with what he said or not, name the first time that we've seen that, uh, George. And so, again, let me give you the last word now. Okay, so uh, what he did was basically filibustering. Okay, it's a very mm-hmm. simple. It's a, you know, it's a tactic. Okay, you talk to you talk you talk. I'm surprised about uh, you know uh, Tucker that at one point he didn't stop and say, "Well, listen, I asked you one something simple. I didn't ask you to go over the whole uh, history of, of of Russia." And obviously there is a history there, but it's a tactic. You know, you know, it's it's a way to deflect things. And he talks so much, and in the end in and at one point, uh, the interviewer, uh, you know, forget uh, some, you know, some some of the aim of his question here. I want to add something else here. Russia, as it comes to Syria, okay, are you aware of the disaster, the bombing that's going on in Syria by Russia, uh, killing thousands and thousands, destroying uh, communities, gassing people there, you know, you know, you know. This is what Vladimir Putin is, okay? He's a danger to the world, and believe me, I'm not, I don't like the, I'm very much against uh, the left here in this country here, okay? I don't go with their uh, being enamored by, you know, uh, you know, by what's going on here, but we have to call Vladimir Putin and Russia that he stands for what is what they are here okay and and basically the, the way i look at it uh, is very simple okay he want he want to bring back uh, ukraine the way it was uh, before uh, uh, ussr fell apart 
and you know and that's and and, and that's his way and and if we st- and if we let him doing it the next thing would be some other of the baltic uh, state uh, that uh, that exists there so uh, so to me while i don't care for uh, ukraine because as i said before they are corrupt uh, they are corrupt uh, country here, and I also believe part of the reason that Biden is pushing so much for it, he probably want to get some of the kickback from some of the money that, that we're sending there. Who knows what's going on with this corrupt Biden family here, okay? I think that that is motive here. It is not so much he cares so much about uh, Ukraine, but it's probably some money comes back, okay? Same thing with Barack Obama. Who knows some of the money went to Iran, came back to Barack Obama in, in some mysterious way. I mean, there's a lot that meets the eye here that people don't say but in a, but in the end here to be to be enamored by russia this to me it's it's unspeakable okay but it's okay okay right. and i don't think and, and, and again princess Di will be on tomorrow so i'm sure she'll, she may want to address it i'm not sure but george thank you for the call and i will just note one thing i promise you the last words so i'm not going to go go to a back and forth with you on it but i'm going to tell you something we are now having conversations about this and you think before this interview and just think of how many conversations are being had in America today about this issue seriously. And for that, I'm going to give Tucker credit, Tucker Carlson a lot of credit for sparking a lot of conversations that are taking place in this country right now. Dave, Staten Island, you're up next on WABC. How are you? Okay, Bo, this statement came to me because I I listened to your show, and I think along the line, the balloons that came from China were going along the jet stream of the uh, weather system, and I believe that the prelude to World War III, he said they're setting up a situation where they go undetected. The okay, Dave, the- let me stop because you're, you're scaring me to death because I don't know where all this is going. So... You believe, if I have this right, that we are right now on the world stage being set up for an entry into World War III. Do I have your bottom line point correct on that? A hundred percent. Okay. Thank you. I'm going to tell you something, Dave. I don't necessarily disagree with you. I think we are, if you look at the situation in the Middle East, one of the things that I have not, and I want to be totally candid with everybody, I haven't finished the Tucker interview. This thing went on two hours and change. I got a good way through it, and I had to just stop because I had other show prep to do. But I don't know whether Tucker yet addressed the situation that concerns me, and that is the alliance that was made last year between Russia and China. And they made a big point about addressing the fact that they wanted to together Stop United States dominance. And by the way, this all ties in to energy and oil. And I think one of these days I would love to have John Katsimatidis come here and talk about oil, Russia, the influence of Russia on the energy stage and how much that is affecting what we are seeing in the geopolitical world. There is, you said this, there is a lot going on underneath this that is unreported, that is underanalyzed because our news media looks for the sound bites. As Princess Di said, Putin bad guy, Zelensky good guy. That's the way it's framed. 
And all of these underlying issues are never talked about in depth or explored in depth unless you seek them out in obscure places. We got to check in with Lou Dobbs right now. WABC Talk Radio 77. Carol King, born on this day. American singer, songwriter, musician, and and icon. 118 pop hits on the Billboard Pop 100, Top 100. 61 hits that charted overseas in the UK. Tapestry, 15 million copies. Six years on the charts. Carol King, you are loved, you are admired. Happy birthday from WABC in Bo Snurley's Rush Hour. It's the Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. All right, 1985. This goes to the top of the charts. Three weeks. It stays there. And the first time I saw this performer, who, by the way, I have a lot of of admiration for her work ethic, or did, not showing up late for concerts like she's done recently. But back in the day... This woman was a workaholic. But I will never forget being there watching all these young girls in the audience, some of them with their daddies, watching her on stage imitating diddling herself in the middle of this song. It was disgusting. Yeah, so Madonna like a virgin, three weeks at number one. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, presents Rapid Phones. Let's go to Jimmy in Long Island. Jimmy, how are you? Hey, what's up, James? I wish I could have got through for longer. Maybe I'll try you tomorrow morning. But I got a quick, I would love to get your comment on something. I already, let me preface by saying I already voted for Mozzie Pillip. And I'm fearful that we're going to lose the seat. But the Republicans got me scratching my head. This is where I'd like your commentary. I think there's a guy that's in charge, Joe Cairo. How How is it that, A, Santos was allowed to run, and they didn't find out about all his woes before he ran, and now we're trying to replace him with a registered Democrat? They couldn't find a true Republican to try to fill the seat, which, by the way, I think Swazi is much too polished for her, and we're going to probably lose the seat. Well, we're going to have to see what happens. I'm going to invite you to call and expound on this tomorrow morning, as you suggested. Thanks, Jimmy. Appreciate it. Let's go to Margaret in New York. Hi, Jim. Hello, Margaret. Hi there. Hi. I'm, I'm I'm really upset about how the police are being treated. And I think, you know, they're, they're being attacked on the streets of New York. You've got now somebody who went and, and shot a policeman, shot a, a tourist. 
Now, where are they getting these guns? Yeah, good and question. And, real, and I saw that today. His picture, by the way, this guy shot a, shot a tourist from Brazil, not life-threatening, but in the process of a shoplifting. This is right in the middle of the city. I know the story you're talking about. As for the police, it should be clear to you that Democrats on the City Council of New York and the Democrat Party hates police officers. And it should also be clear to you that your attorney general in New York, Alvin Bragg, doesn't care much for him either. Let's go to Jeff in Forest Hills. Got to make it quick, Jeff. All right, I just switch it up. Fanny Fan, you're all the same, and everybody in the courthouse will know your name. Shake, shake, y'all, to the beat, y'all. Don't stop, y'all. Get your fan on, Fanny. Fanny Fan in the house, y'all. That's what's up. Fanny. Aha. A tribute to Da Fanny right here on, and Da Fanny has been in the news. We'll deal with that tomorrow morning. Da Fanny. Joe in Lafayette, you're up next. Lafayette where, Joe? June. I'm sorry, June. Lafayette where? Yes. Uh, June, Lafayette, New Jersey. Next to All right. Newton. What's on your mind, June? Western New Jersey. I want to know why the Republicans can't insist and demand that Joe have a cognitive test immediately. Let me answer the question, because there is no constitutional mandate that says he has to. And Republicans can stomp on the ground and wave their tushies all they want. He needs to take a cognitive Nobody can make him take a cognitive test. But here's what you can do. If you think he's too old, too frail, and otherwise, as many Americans are believing, you can vote him out. That's the process. Got to go. We are back, God willing, tomorrow. For our Saturday morning radio extravaganza beginning at 7 a.m. Set your alarm clocks. Wake up with us. Have that first cup of morning coffee with us. May God bless. Protect each and every one of you, your family, and your loved ones. Love and gratitude for your being here and allowing me to be with you. Until tomorrow. Bye.